Thank you very much, Matthew. I've had two shocks this morning. Uh, Ian was one of them. Uh, I have to say, um, it sort of reminded me of something a very famous preacher once said, whose name I've forgotten now, which shows just how famous he was. But having been given a very fulsome welcome at a particular gathering and someone saying all the wonderful things about him, he got up at the afterwards and said, well, I'd like to ask God forgiveness, first of all, for the person who said all those erroneous things about me, and secondly, for me enjoying them. <laughs> so, um, yeah, similar thing. I have to say that uh, being part of Campbell has probably, for me, been something of a highlight in, in my time as a regional ministry in ministry around here. So it's the last 16 years, and Campbell has, carried, has been a lot of that. In fact, uh, I don't go quite as far back as the really original start, but pretty early on in that. And there are a lot of people that have been involved, uh, many of whom have now moved on to other places. And I'm just sort of, if you like, the focus bit, the bit that's left, as it were, uh, representing the very early times when actually we did have to do quite a lot. And I'm not telling you what to do. We did in the early days because there wasn't anybody much here at all. Um, and the, we used to call ourselves the steering group in those days. Uh, but the, the, the fact is that Camborne church would not be here without you uh, and without lots of other people who are here and that's the most important thing so thank you very much for your real appreciation but can I say it's reciprocated many many times and do please be encouraged by that the second shock I got was looking at the service sheet to see that the reading was John 4 um, and that John Martin was preaching uh, which uh, really did make me think, hello, have I come to the right place at the right time? But I appear to have done so. Um, so I want to s just, and I will try to be relatively brief, bearing in mind uh, all that's going on today, that the passage I want to look at is, is the passage from, uh, and I hope it's going to come up on a, on a screen in a minute, uh, just so that if you fall asleep during the sermon, look up there and you know where you should be. All right? that, that's basically the idea. Um, from John chapter 15, the, the picture of the vine. Um, in, in some senses, it's one of those, it's a lovely picture. I, I mean, in, in terms of the Old Testament, it was a picture that was often used of Israel. Israel was a vine and so on. And clearly in those days, this was a, a vivid image uh, because wine was a significant part of, of the agriculture and all the rest of it. Viticulture, uh, looking after the vines and so on, was something that many people would have direct knowledge of and direct involvement in it. It's a bit more difficult for us these days because, on the whole, we, we're not particularly involved in actually growing vines. There is one quite close to where I live, a vineyard at, uh, at, uh, at Balsham. But uh, uh, most of us don't see those sorts of things. I, I think increasingly people seem to enjoy the end product of them. You, you'll, re you'll recall that in the scriptures, uh, Paul the Apostle does say you should take a little wine for your stomach's sake. Uh, and Adrian Plass has commented on the fact that in Christian circles these days, he notices there must be a lot of stomach trouble uh, going on because quite a lot of wine is drunk. Um, but to take the picture of the vine, first of all, we see it, it really is something which, it's, a, it's, it's interesting because on the one hand, um, it's, it, it's, it is a, a picture that is quite static in one sense. Because you plant a vine, it stays where it is. That's what plants do. But on the other hand, it's a very alive picture as well because it's a living and a growing thing. And that's the important thing as we look at, at this image now, that life in the vine, 
although it may appear to be static, is actually a very organic one. It's a living one, it's a flowing one. It's not about dogma, it's not about legal things, it's not about structures, all of which actually churches have to get engaged in some way or another. But at the heart of what we are as God's people is this picture of life, and of life that grows, of life that is sustained, of life that has energy in it, of life that actually produces fruit as well, and fruit that is well, 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 worth, uh, well worth having. I'm not just thinking of the wine there, I'm thinking of the grapes as well. I've had a few this morning with my breakfast, so just to show that I'm a healthy living person. But what John is wanting us to be clear about as we look at this picture is it's very much to do with Jesus. I am the vine, he says, and you are the branches. And so it begins, this notion of being part of a vine, very much with Christ. Our life is his life. We live because he lives. We are who we are because of him. Without him, we have nothing. Without him, we go nowhere. Without him, we have no future. We have no understanding of ourselves. We don't see how we fit in with the world, with the cosmos and all the rest of it. But in Christ, this begins to to come into focus. It's only as in him we live and move and have our being that indeed our moving and our being has any meaning or significance at all. And Jesus although sometimes we can get a bit sentimental and we can get a bit slushy in how we relate or how we think about how we sometimes uh, sing about Jesus, he is the most significant person. He is the one through whom we discover what God is like. He is, well, in the words of, uh, of a previous Archbishop of Canterbury, Michael, Michael Ramsey, he spoke about Christ and God and he said, God is Christ-like. In other words, if you, look at, if you want to know what God is like, it's Christ. God is Christ-like, he said, and in him there is no un-Christ-likeness at all. So that whatever you see in Jesus, of his love, of his care, of his fervour, of his passion for what is right and for what is good, of his compassion, of his interest in people, that's God. You are seeing God in Jesus Christ. And moreover, there is a, another more powerful sense that not only... Do we see God, but God came to us in Jesus Christ. And it is in and through him that our connection into the one who is at the heart of the whole universe, and this really is mind-blowing stuff, isn't it? But it's in Christ, in Jesus, that we can come to know and engage with that which is at the centre of all things, that which is the ground of all things, that which is the end of all things, God himself. So it's pretty important (laughs) that we recognise that we begin with Christ and that today uh, at the communion, today as part of your covenant, we offer thanks to God for that reality, that this is not something you or I have deserved, it's not something you or I have created, it's not something you or I have manufactured for ourselves. This is the gift of God in Jesus Christ our Lord. And so we celebrate that and we're glad in that and we live in that. But there's also another thing about the vine. It also, it grows in Jesus as well. There is life in him. And what's expressed through, well, any organic picture, there is a natural fruitfulness, isn't it? Or at least one hopes so. Most plants bear fruit of some sort or another in order to reproduce themselves. I'm thinking back to when I used to study this sort of thing a long while ago. And certainly it's true of the vine. 
that its main aim, as far as we're concerned, is to actually bear fruit. And it will do that naturally. It doesn't have to be coerced into it. It doesn't have to be encouraged into it. Providing the soil is there, providing the right conditions are there, generally speaking, it will produce fruit naturally. That's what happens. And that fruit comes, the fruit of abilities in human terms, the fruit of character in human terms, the fruit of uh, of service in human terms, this flows out of the life of Jesus Christ. In other words, we are those who, because we're linked into the vine, notice that Christ is the vine, we're the branches. You can't, if you're separate from him, you're nothing. If you're in him, you're everything. And what's expressed through God's people is actually Jesus Christ. Again, just think about the things... Well, you, you think about the reading last week, which I mentioned that I, I nearly had a heart attack over when I saw it was still on the service sheet. No wonder whether I got the wrong one. But it's the woman at the well. And it's how Jesus interacts with the woman. And how, in a fascinating way, he, he is compassionate and caring towards her because she was an outcast, but at the same time is able to nudge her towards a better way of life than the one she'd got without being judgmental. Jesus is compassion, Jesus is truth, Jesus is love, Jesus is challenge, is all there as in, in that particular incident. Through his people, those same things are going to be made manifest. That same care for other people, which will be shown through food banks, will be shown through welcome meetings. I love the idea of spontaneous cake. I'm not quite sure what it is, Alison, but it sounds wonderful. It sounds something from the Great Bake Off, but I, I, it probably, yes. But, but all of those aspects of your life, of service, of caring, and of challenge that come in presenting the gospel and in seeking a better thing in terms of justice, however that may be, this flows, this grows in Jesus. And if you look around now at one another, you will see that. Because it's in you that that's been made clear. It's in the people here and other people who are not here at the moment, we here later on, that Christ's life is being shown. And we should celebrate that too. And this is a day when we do that. We should celebrate that, be thankful for that, be thankful to God for it, but don't forget to thank the people as well. Because that's what he wants us to do. And that, in fact, is a very powerful way in which people continue to grow in their fruitfulness. I did say that fruitfulness just sort of comes about because that's the nature of the plant. But I did hint that you do have to water it, you do have to fertilise it, you do have to nurture it. And encouragement is one of the nurturing things we need for the vine. Encouraging people by thankfulness, by looking for new things for folk to do, by making space for people to operate in their gifts and so on. All of those things are nurturing things that the vine grows in, that Jesus is the one who makes it grow in us. And then finally, and you know I'm a Baptist because it's got three points. Sorry about this, but you know, this is how these things tend to go. Uh, finally, all of this is sustained in Jesus. It continues in him and because of him. It can't... The energy that's needed, the time that's needed, the abilities that needed, they need renewing. They need sustaining. Uh, all of us know that. All of us know that at the end of a busy day, <laughs> you need to sleep because that sustains you in rest. 
All of us know at, uh, at certain times in the day we need food to keep us going and so on. We need to be sustained in what we are. We need to be sustained, therefore, also in what Jesus is doing in and through us. And it's in our own personal living relationship with him that that sustaining comes about. There we go. It'll come up in a minute. Oh, that's gone too far. Sorry, let me go back. There you go. Our relationship, both personal and corporate, with Christ is the sustaining element. If you like, is this is the place of rest. This is the place of peace. This is the place of physical rejuvenation. This is the place of food, if you like. This is what sustains us, our continuing relating to him. And our part in that is that we do make a response to him. And indeed, at the communion table, which is, in one sense, about food, in a way, as it started, but speaks of that sustaining of us in Jesus Christ. And as we come to it, we receive, but we also need to accept As we come to it, we're aware of what we're given, but we also need to be thankful. And that notion of thankfulness is built into the whole notion of Eucharist, which is simply what that means. And part of our thankfulness is to simply say yes again to God in Jesus Christ. Yes again to being part of of his body. Yes again to following him. Yes again to being willing to go wherever he might want us to go. And of course, if you notice in the scriptures in verse 17, Jesus made it very clear that if you want to remain as part of the vine, you need to do what I tell you. Oh, sounds a bit heavy. But then he says, and what I tell you is to love one another. What I tell you is to express that which is at the heart of what God is, love. And now going on to the next slide, which is a bit early. What does that mean? Just very quickly. It means loving God, clearly, obviously, in one sense. To love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind and strength echoes through the scriptures old and new. But equally, there's another aspect which is to love ourselves because the second great command is to love your neighbour as yourself. And that needs to be underlined. Uh, Somebody once said that there are two problems in Christian churches. One is of megalomania, of people who have a superiority complex. I've met one or two of them, not many. The other one is that people have a su- an inferiority complex where they don't think they're worthy of anything. And I've met lots more of those in a church context. And the fact of the matter is, yes, we are inferior in one sense. We are sinners. We've confessed that already. But we are sinners saved by God's grace and love. We matter because he loves us, because he's given himself for us in Jesus Christ and continues to give the spirit to us to sustain us in Jesus Christ. So we need to come to a place where we can accept ourselves in Christ. That doesn't mean we, we, we don't grow, we don't change, we don't do it. Of course we do. But what we don't do is have a down on ourselves. And what we don't do is, is grind ourselves down with, 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 with endless worries or endless fears or endless concerns. And actually people who do that are also very likely to project that onto other people as well that when we feel like that, we're often likely to start making say to other people, you're really like this, aren't you? Well, they may be, but it doesn't actually help them, does it? In terms of how they might grow in Christ either. Yes, we need to know that we can love ourselves, accept ourselves in Christ, 
and not think we're bad, although we might go wrong. We can go right again with Christ. That's the important thing. And then, of course, the most important thing after that is that we love one another. We allow that fruit of love that, that's given to us in Jesus Christ to be shared out and to, and to be passed on to one another. And so we make a thankful covenant with God and each other. The promises that we make are a statement of a living trust in God, in ourselves as able to respond to God, and in one another. So that that's what builds our community. And if there's one final thing that that does, in John chapter 17, which we haven't read today, Jesus prays for his people. He prays that they may be one, that they may be covenanted together, that they may be linked in the vine. And he prays this for one simple reason, that the world might believe that might believe in him, in the God who sent him, in Father, Son and Holy Spirit who encompasses, cares for the world, sustains it and wants it to know more of him. So at the end of the day, our promising together and our loving one another is not a, an internal thing that just sort of, you know, we just bless each other and are happy together. It is actually something that goes beyond our walls, beyond our own interests, beyond our own needs, to touch the world out there with the love that's at the heart of God, the love that inspires this image of vine, the love that is fruitful and growing and true good. It begins in Jesus, it grows in Jesus, but it's sustained in our relationship with Jesus and with one another as part of his body. Let's pray that that may be so for us. Let's just pray now. Lord, as we continue in our worship, as we continue in receiving from you, we simply ask that you will open our hearts and minds to the wonder of being part of your body, part of the vine, part of this fruitful body, this organism that gives life and has beauty and brings joy. Lord, we know we are at times very, very far away from that image and picture. But we thank you that you are calling us on into it and growing us and sustaining us in it. May our lives reflect more fully all that you want of us in Jesus. And as we worship and as we promise, as we receive and give thanks, grant to us, Lord, true joy and great encouragement in being more fruitful, for the sake of Jesus our Lord. Amen.